Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview, and I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. One thing I know from reading her interviews is that she didn't grow up in California her whole life. She lived several different places, including Africa, but she did say that when she was in California, she felt... um, and this is a cliched sentence. I feel like a lot of these these new black celebrities say it. Tyler, the creator, loves saying it. But she, she said, too black for the white kids, too white for the black kids. And I think a lot of times people like that, that's why you can't really, when you watch her stuff, get a sense of where she's from. Because I think she probably, when she grew up in California, never really felt like part of something. So in a way, it probably helps her too, because she's able to kind of write California kind of neutrally to a degree. You know, that being that she's not ov- overly attached to any one place. But yeah, I do remember she didn't really seem to be very comfortable in her skin when she was younger in, in California, she said. Yeah, see, that makes a lot of sense then. Because she, who is she around? Tyler, the creator, is from West LA. So I totally see why he feels the way he feels. Because um, um, those are the areas where they produce those kind of black people. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what it is. Um, but... I think they think it's whiteness that they, they that they're too white for the black kids. I don't even think it's that because I don't think it's racial at all. Yeah. Um. Because me growing up and being in high school in South Central, um, I've been to two South Central schools. Those the kids that were into like maybe heavy metal or um were a little bit weird. Like they just had their own cliques or their own groups. You know what I mean? They hung out together. That we back when I was in school, that we had something called goths. I don't know if they still have goths now. Yeah, I, I, I think they, I think they always come back because I've seen some <laughs> goths the other day, and I'm like, they still make you like like yeah. They... You know, there's always these little trends. There's goths, and then what's the other one? The rockabilly thing that was hot for a while. Yeah, um, everybody thought they there, were Betty there's, Page. There's that. There's <laughs> goths. There's rockabilly. Like like I was um I went to a concert. It was um Blue in Exile. It was a rap concert in. Uh, I love Blue in Exile. Oh my god. It was the best rap concert I've been to. A lot of rap concerts, even though the rappers are I, really good, when you watch them in concerts, a lot of rappers are boring performers. Like, yeah, for example, no, like, good. I love Jay Z, but when he's on stage, he's just really boring. You know, he just stands in one place mm. and, and raps. Whereas Blue has this kind of energy. When he raps, even though he's pretty much standing in space, he feels like ferocious. Like his energy is very engaging. Whereas, like, he really like raps like he's hungry. You know, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know, but he he raps like he's like he's, he's from out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I found out about him through through uh, Mario. I think I didn't know about him before. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But, but Mario told me about him. He, he's and Mario's from out there. Yeah, Blue's amazing. He's amazing. And I remember Blue was was uh, performing in this like uh, it's like a bar, but it's like they have like the special night where they do certain stuff. So they, but they form a circle around you and you perform in the circle. And he, it was just insane. It was back when him and another guy had an album together. They only had one song I liked off of it, (laughs) but, um, 
they were performing it and it was just it was incredible it was like he just he just he's just such a good performer he's i was just really like wow yeah. and he he looks you in the eye and he's just very good and um yeah so i yeah i agree um he's and like i was gonna say actually he's from san pedro when i listened to his album uh the first blue and eggs uh below the heavens uh blue and exiles album i listened to that and i laugh sometimes because i can hear the san pedro perspective in him mm. like he's very laid back he's like yeah you know politics i don't know shit about it <laughs> you know he's just very <laughs> and san pedro people are very like they're kind of like beachy people but not really yeah. you know um and just even his perspective on race and blackness i can kind of because he doesn't really talk about it much because i don't think he really grew up around black people oh, he got grew up around more latinos and maybe some asians because that area has a lot of latinos and asians um, but I forgot how we got way over there. We were talking about... Well, um, well, well, well uh, um, what I was going to say is I went to the Blue and Exile uh, concert at this place in Williamsburg. And when the concert was over, there was a little bit of like uh, drinking and hanging out after. Then all these goths showed up. I'm like, where are these goths <laughs> coming from? Like, I was like, this, <laughs> so this is random. Weird. Yeah, and they're popping up little by little. And then I found out that the space was called Knitting Factory. Uh, they're having a, a late night goth dance party. So oh, wow. as the as the Blue and Exile crowd was uh, filtering out, the goths were coming in. But it was a moment of overlap where you just saw all these random goths in the middle of hip hop heads. And then by the time <laughs> we left, it was just full of goths having a full fledged dance party. And I was like, I can't believe they have enough goths in 2019 to fill up uh, this whole space. But yeah, I they, did not know they still existed. Yeah, that by the time I left, crazy. there was goth overflow. There was a line of goths outside the door, and some of them like young. Like they were like young people who maybe saw some of the parents' pictures, and you know, sometimes young people get nostalgic for a time like they didn't live in stuff. Like the way those rockabillies try to dress like they're, they're from the 1950s. So I think some of them are like that. Where there's actual new goths now. Just um, oh, okay, that makes know. sense. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that was how we got on Blue and Exile. But I mean, there was still a little bit of classism um, happening on the show, but it felt a lot less mean spirited than it was yeah. before. So I could I could deal with it. Like for example, that old man that she picks up, uh, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of uh, classism there and stuff, but it, it was very little, and it was generally funny. That ride, like like they wrote it funny enough to justify it too. Like like that that guy was really funny where he. Uh, mm-hmm was in the car with her that was that was really good was the really tsa fun. guy i thought would be done worse and you know it, it wasn't it wasn't bad it was it was much better than the blue collar guy that she was having sex with in season two where i think they made him look way more uh tacky that time uh yeah yeah that's true. It, it definitely improved i thought in- yeah it's funny it's funny listening to someone talk about it having just watched it <laughs> yeah. versus me you know, completely going off my memory. Yeah. Um, but you're hitting some points that I remember feeling and thinking, but I didn't really have anyone to talk about it with. Because <laughs> um, at the time, the conversations didn't talk about that. It was kind of other stuff. Yeah. And then I would say stuff. I think I remember talking about the blood character in particular, honestly, because I, that, that, I think that's the one that stuck out to me. And I think I said something about it. And then it ended up being this really stupid argument that made no sense. <laughs> and I just thought maybe I wasn't being clear enough. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because and because my thought wasn't fully fleshed out, so it was possible. I was hoping I could throw something out there, and then somebody else could come in and kind of fill in the gaps for me. Oh, okay, I see how I, that's that's exactly what I'm feeling. So right now, I'm having the experience that I wish I had had then, because you're filling in the gaps. I think what helped me at the time, even though I think Yvette Cardinal was really hard on her, but Yvette Cardinal would point out a lot of this stuff, 
And when she pointed it out, then it got my mind kind of clicking. And then I started making some of my own connections. But, you know. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So at the time, I think that helped me. Because I remember I was feeling something off about something. And I couldn't really uh, crystallize it until I saw uh, Yvette Carnell uh, complain about um, the show and, and how it how it portrays portrays people. I think the guy Tone Talks might have had a show on show on her too. But uh, I mean, to me, the show used to feel like if like brunch boots. If, if brunch boots could become sentient and like and like uh, oh one hundred percent write a 100%. show one hundred percent. And the brunch boots feel was I, I felt like toned down. Um, That's who the but I I don't know about that because I feel like that was still kind of there. No, I think no, they, it was didn't they have brunch or something? Was it? I feel like somebody had brunch. I don't remember, but... Oh, um, oh, oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, it, it still has a brunch boots vibe. I'm saying, like, it doesn't feel oh, okay. as dripping with... Like, there was just so... Oh, I it get was, it. It was so brunch boots before, whereas... Because it was following that social media shit. That's yeah. Because think that's that's what all the bloggers were on. Because remember, they're writing for the bloggers and social media yeah. at the time. So that's exactly what they were on. So that's what they were catering to as well. And to be honest, I don't know the background of... What's his name? Prentice Penny or Penny, whatever his name is. Um, I guess he's a showrunner. I don't know okay. his background. I don't know where he's from. Um, I don't know where a lot of these people... I, I'll tell you what my experience is. Um, and like I was telling you uh, earlier... I, you have to be a certain type of person to operate in those Hollywood spaces. Yeah. You have to be the certain type of person. So if you can operate in that space and operate in that space well, you're already questionable to me. Because there's no, no it's, it's, way it's you true. get that far. There's no way you get that far. So I don't have this high expectation of Black people in Hollywood in certain spaces. Now, if it's just straight up buffoonery or it makes me mad, yeah, you know. Um, but they're in, in, insecure because I didn't. Ha- I, my expectation was pretty much what it is always with black shows and black people working on the show because I know what it takes to be in those spaces and you have to sacrifice a lot. You have to, like I said, kiss a lot of ass. You gotta, and even and not even just for white people. Like black people need to see that you know how to behave a certain way, talk. Just talk up, talk a certain way, carry yourself a certain way um, before they put you on because they want to be liked by the white people. There's those people because those are the people with the money. So yeah, so to me, if you're and in they're that afraid space of you, already, quote, unquote, embarrassing them uh, in front of exactly. the white people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and in the way, and it makes sense because that's how any job is. Because Hollywood is very who you know, right? Um, one of my friends, uh, my old roommate, actually lived together like seven years. Um, she worked in Hollywood. She's a post-production supervisor. Now she's at Netflix. And she, every, when I would see her getting jobs and, you know, looking for work, because she was, uh, what do you call it? Like, not contract-based. Um, you work for the, you work that season, and then you basically, you're unemployed until the season starts back. Oh, oh, oh a seasonal contractor. I think that's, I don't know. I, actually, no, it's not an official term. Forget it. That's, that's not right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, so anyway, she would be looking for jobs. So she had, she had to, she would tell me like all these stories and things she had to do and she gets she's on so-and-so's good side that's how she got this job and you no know, she and she is a very brilliant person and she's a hardworking person so I don't doubt she's doing wonderful there if you don't know anybody and you don't have a good reputation you don't get called period and everybody talks everybody talks it is a very broad word and for a lot of like the black people in Hollywood you embarrassing them might mean you just having you not taking crap so so it's like um to them. Oh, like I embarrassed my uh, so the job advice when they didn't give me my fucking money. Yeah, uh, my friend, uh, I was recommended by my friend. That's how I got the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And she was told me she was embarrassed. And I'm just like, Yeah, but well, em- embarrassed for what? I mean, you were you were technically in the right. But to her, that registers an embarrassment, you know, because... Because you don't behave that way. Exactly. That's just what... It, you don't harass the people about your check. That's just how they feel. Yeah. In that, in that space. And so, that's why I make, make clear that when I say uh, embarrassed, it doesn't have to be legitimately wrong behavior. It could actually be the correct behavior, but they're, they'll be embarrassed by your Absolutely. correct behavior even. Because to be uh, black and get far in that space, you kind of have to be willing to accept a lot of incorrect behavior. That's true. Unfortunately. Yeah. That's true. I don't I don't know. I feel like, I mean, you're right. I don't know why I said I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's a verbal tick. So, yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. And again, to be fair, they eat off of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can understand it. Um, but that that's exactly why my expectations are so low. I have such a disgust for Hollywood, like in general. And and I, and I mean, as a space, like, for example, um, a lot of times in L.A., you meet people and I'm sure in New York, it's the exact same thing. They come to the big city to get on either music, comedy, acting. It's always something. Right. So they come out here. And, you know, you might meet them, become friends with them. They might even have a job, be doing fine. But they, you know, they go to these events. They have to go to these events all the time, right? There's the other thing about networking in these spaces. You have to go to all these events. I love going to events. So I'm thinking, you know, it's like the events I used, I usually go to. Now, I, now, the way L.A. works is very segregated, like very, very segregated. So I pretty much stayed in South Central for like everything, right? So I think I'm going to like normal events and shit that I'm, that I'm used to going to. I start hanging out with some friends from other places and they take them into events and it's like the most phoniest thing I've ever seen. I see, it's like the first time I saw why people said LA was phony. Because I never understood that. I, in fact, if you come to South Central and say that shit, people get real, real mad, right? And so, I, because like, you don't get it. Then you go to this, these kind of events, everybody's dressed a certain way. Everybody's smiling at everybody's face. It's just, everybody looks like they're, like they're trying to get discovered. Yeah. <laughs> like they're dressed like they're fashion to the nine, right? It is not a, it's, not a, it's not a real party. I'm thinking it's a party. They're like, oh, it's going to be music and performers and this, this, and this. And I was there with this guy who's an aspiring, he's a music producer, but he's like, you know, aspiring to get bigger clients and shit. So I'm like, is this what y'all have to go through to be <laughs> like, mm. these people are annoying. Like you, I listen to the conversations. They're super shallow. They're super, and I say shallow, I mean, it's always like, what are you working on? Who do you know? You know, um, you, you being in New York, I'm sure you've definitely seen this. So I just, I tend to stay in spaces with people from LA because I literally hate those Hollywood spaces. It's phony. You have to kiss ass. You have to behave a certain way, even with the Emmys and the Oscars and all that shit. Like Lena Waithe is not talented. I'm sorry. She sucks at everything. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.